One massive party at the end of the working week. It's home time with Bush and Richie. It's a Friday. Uh, it is the end of the week, probably the most appropriate day to actually talk pub grub. And uh, yesterday we were we were naming pubs with our, our pub name generator. Amazing bit of tech. Uh, it's actually still on Facebook if you want to go and have a look at how you generate your, your pub name. What is the actual coding for that? It's... The, the coding of it is uh, what you got in your pocket right now yep. and the last thing you bought online. So for me, yesterday it was was the Parson Notepad. That sounds like a very earnest pub. It does. Really wholesome <laughs> pub. The kind of pub where the landlord or landlady would lean on the bar and draw you directions if you're trying to get to somewhere. Now, yours was uh, a little bit more mine, modern, poncy. Mine was the Fisherman and Bike Cleat. <laughs> Which sounds like a pub straight out of the east end of London, maybe Brick Lane or something like that. Fisherman's Friends, and the last thing I bought online was bicycle cleats. One massive party at the end of the working week. It's home time with Bush and Richie. It's a Friday. Uh, it is the end of the week, probably the most appropriate day to actually talk pub grub. And uh, yesterday we were we were naming pubs with our, our pub name generator. Amazing bit of tech. Uh, it's actually still on Facebook if you want to go and have a look at how you generate your, your pub name. What is the actual coding for that? It's... The, the coding of it is uh, what you got in your pocket right now yeah. and the last thing you bought online. So for me, yesterday it was the Parson Notepad. That sounds like a very earnest pub. It does. Really wholesome <laughs> pub. The kind of pub where the landlord or landlady would lean on the bar and draw you directions if you're trying to get to somewhere. Now, yours was uh, a little bit more mine, modern, poncy. Mine was the Fisherman and Bike Cleat. <laughs> Which sounds like a pub straight out of the east end of London, maybe Brick Lane or something like that. Fisherman's Friends, and the last thing I bought online was bicycle cleats. As you all know on the show, we trumpet the world to rights, and uh, I genuinely think there's a major pharmaceutical product that's missing a trick, missing a gap in the market. What is it? Well, have you ever heard of Dyrolite? Yes, what you have when you've got the runs. This is the problem. This is exact. You saying that is exactly the problem, right? I've been doing having Dyrolite for years for... Have you got a problem? I have not got a problem. <laughs> right. You, you don't need to have a problem. This is Dyr- Dyrolite. Didn't you listening. once have to buy pants because you'd... Um... <laughs> I, did, I had to order them on, on Amazon. On, yeah, that was out. exhaustion and yeah. some form of tummy bug, uh, but I didn't say... So, didn't need Dyrolite for <laughs> Okay, what's the gap sure. in the market then with Dyrolite? Well, this is it, right? I've had Dyrolite is uh, a little sachet of, of like blackcurrant tasting powder that you pour in the water and you have it um, to replace electrolytes. So if you're right. dehydrated, it's a okay. dehydration thing. But if you go into any chemist, it's in the digestion section, which obviously means... You've had the runs. Yeah, right, you've got the two bob bits. Yes. So you're flagging that up to the rest. Sometimes you've got to ask for it at the main desk. Yeah. And you're flagging everyone in there. <laughs> I've got the two bob bits. However, for Dyer, anyone else, and people will back me up on this because I know other people who have it. I've used Dyrolite for years. Someone sound like a hardened drinker, <laughs> but I've used it a lot for um, to get rid of hangovers. It's really good for hangovers because right. you dehydrate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And secondly, uh, sports stuff. Like, uh, I, I ache immeasurably the morning after playing five or so football but if you take Dyrolite in the morning or when you go to bed it replaces some of the stuff that you lost through sweating I didn't know that well, there you go so there's two other bits for you there uh, and particularly if you uh, have a drink after you play football it's two for one <laughs> but Dyrolite uh, continue to make it look like it's the two bob bits so I genuinely think Dyrolite if you're listening let's have a, a special edition of Dyrolite called I haven't got the runs. You know that across the top? Dyrolite, it's solid, thanks. Yeah, it's solid. It's all okay, thanks. I'm just dehydrated. <laughs> okay. Do you know what I mean? Well, I'm sure they'll hear this and they'll be uh, they'll be getting back to you within the next 15 minutes because it's a it's a groundbreaking idea. It's a groundbreaking idea. And let's, let's just start off Dyrolite by moving it out of the digestion session because that is not helping things. Put it in the sports section. What about that? 
I've been thinking that I need to apologise to you. You come up with this great idea uh, about uh, remarketing Dyrolite. Thank you very much. Um, thinking that uh, you need to take it away from the digestion section because people look at you buying it and think you've got the runs, but actually you're just doing it because you've got a hangover or you've played sport the night before. Totally, I get it. totally. It's I a gap it. in the market. So if you're going to do that, you're obviously going to need to advertise it with a jingle, like, my, my, like we would do, you know, with one of the commercials here on Absolute Radio. Right, OK. I thought of a jingle. Go on, then. Oh, Dyrolites. Right, are you As taking the Mickey? Desmond Decker Israelites song. Are you taking the mickey there? Not at all. You start off by saying, uh, making comments about two bob bits and the runs. <laughs> Not at all. I've got another one for you as well. Go on. The, the, the follow-up act. Oh, the Dyrolites. That's um, Living Daylights. <laughs> uh-huh. The second one, I'll be honest with you, not quite as strong as the first. <laughs> but that first one's fantastic. That could launch the new, I haven't got the two bob bits, Dyrolite special edition. Have they got back to you yet? As yet, no. Where do you stand on haggis? Absolutely love it. Bought some uh, in the supermarket today um, on a bit of a whim. I just, just saw it on the side. Don't know what it's doing there. Maybe there's a big day coming up that I wasn't aware of. But um, where did where'd you get it from? I've never walked past it or seen it. Tesco in where? But like, no, but like, where within Tesco? Is it in the meat counter? Oh, it was... Um, or is it like... It was at the end of the cured meats aisle. Oh, I see. Is that what yeah. it is? Yeah, well, that's where this particular one was, yeah. Well, that's fascinating. I, I've never walked past it. I've only had haggis when I've been in Scotland, and I've loved it every time. Lush. Love haggis. Uh-huh. Never, never cooked it, prepared it myself. Don't even know how to. I've, I've done it once. How do you do it? I can't. I just picked it off. It just said haggis. I was like, oh, I'm having some of that. All I remember from I've had my experiences. I've had um, haggis in the mornings, little mini haggises uh, in a, in Falkirk, which is quite good on the side of a little brekkie thing, and then uh, cooking it myself. One great big. It was like a great big sausage wrapped up. Right. And I think I, I boiled so you it. it. I don't know. Bob, did I boil it? It took ages. It took ages. I, I just had the moment of self awareness to realise. An entire nation is listening and laughing to us right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe people don't know. Maybe they're as, uh, not in the know as we are. <laughs> yeah. You need to get some intel then. Yes, uh, please. If you are one of our listeners living north of Hadrian's Wall, do please get in touch. Educate this idiot here. How do I prepare a haggis? Tweet us at Absolute Radio. Haggis chat. Uh, it's it's underway, and thank you very much for getting back in touch. I bought a haggis in the supermarket. I've always loved haggis whenever I've eaten it uh, on trips to Scotland, a country I'm very, very fond of. However, I've never prepared it. I've never done it myself. We didn't clarify when you mentioned this before. When are you having, are you having it tonight, then? No, 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 no. Uh, breakfast tomorrow morning. Breakfast? Yes. A big, like a big haggis for yeah. breakfast? Yeah, I'm going to have a full Scottish. <laughs> <coughs> Uh, well, like, with what? Are you all right? I, just, I, I don't know whether I salivate because I like the idea of it or it's just shock. <laughs> what are you having that with, then? What are you having well, that I'm with? i do a fried egg, going to do some bacon, um, and uh, I will, as uh, part of it as well, I'll have a, uh, a bit of haggis. That's and the plan. How but... does it come out, though? I can't, that's a bit I can't remember. This is the thing. I don't know. I literally... It, it's in this great big pouch. Yeah. And I've, I, I just put it in my trolley, and on I went, very excited. I've never prepared it before. We need some advice. Well, we've got some coming back here. Uh, Gentleman Jack on Twitter says, Wild haggis is better, Richie. What does that mean? Is that a trap? Is that a trick? think it could be. So I'm not going to pay much more attention to uh, Gentleman Jack. Rick says, just pick it up and eat it like an apple. I right. don't think so. You've still got to prepare it, haven't you? 
I, I'm imagining cut the top off the little tube. It's a bit like a pate, isn't it? Yeah. Put your spoon in, just eat it out of fry there. It lightly on, uh, fry it lightly on both sides. Well, like Someone black pudding or something. Yeah, Nick says, right. Okay, very easy to cook. Oven or hot water, I always go with the former. Goes great as leftovers. Chuck it in a pasta tomato sauce. Ooh, that's very nice. Alistair MacLeod, who sounds very Scottish. Oh, Alistair MacLeod. Did you get the Simon Howie one? That is five minutes in the microwave, Jobby. Right. Well, Jobby actually is an incorrect term. That's what they call a remote control down in Cornwall. And Mark says, take it back to the shop and get some sausages and bacon instead. Thanks, Mark. This is Friday's Home Time. We love all our children equally, but if we're honest, this is our favourite of the week. It's Bush and Richie. Uh, so, look, I want to say a huge thank you to everyone who uh, texted in advice for how I can get paint off my hands. Remember that yesterday? Yeah, I do, yeah. It's about four days you had it on there. Four days. Did some decorating in my pants. Long story. You can uh, download the podcast to find out what that's all a little bit about. I, I like to uh, decorate in just pants because you get paint all over you, as you can see from my hands. And then uh, I've had paint on my hands for about three or four days uh, and couldn't get it off. Load of people suggested some brilliant ideas, which was great. And as I was, I was got home last night after the show. I thought, do you know what? I'm not going to take the paint off. I quite like having the paint on my hands, so it's still on there now. <laughs> for, it uh, is. It's like fifth day. And do you know why I left it on there? Why? I quite like people copping a little glance at my hands when I'm in a kind of social situation. Yeah. They don't. Not a lot of the times they wouldn't say anything about it. Mm-hmm. But I think in the back of their head they're thinking. He's clearly like a painter and decorator in his spare time. He's salt of the earth. He's a guy who can, you know, do DIY at okay. the drop of a hat at home. And I'm not. I understand what you're saying. You're referring to social situations with people who don't necessarily know you. You're wanting to give them uh, yeah. maybe a different impression of yourself than they would otherwise. Or even just like me buying someone in a cafe. The, sure. The, the barrister thinks I so. understand that. Or the barista. Barista. Um, still but, can't say that right. <laughs> but, but how does that work with people like myself who see you every day and might see the paint still there and think, does he wash? <laughs> it's a good point. That's a good point. But I'm willing to take... The naysayers, the does he washers, yep. uh, and and write that off yeah. against the gains I'm making on potentially looking like somebody who enjoys DIY. And Why I don't, don't you see if you can scrub it off with some Dyrolite? I give it a go. Hey, God, Dyrolite! There's another gap in the market. Dyrolite. Oh, he's doing it again. Do you remember that night, that great night we had Hob Chat on the Home Time Show? Um, yeah, I, I remember looking at some of the um, uh, the analytics of it. It was one of the biggest shows we'd done uh, of the last 12 months. Well, some of the... We didn't realise the general public, the British public, love a bit of Hob Chat. They do. Uh, and it started because my mum and dad were going to visit... And my dad was bringing down his special coffee pot. We had him on the phone. He was on the blower, wasn't yeah. he? He called in, my dad Nigel. Uh, and he was a bit worried that his metal hob pot that he uses to uh, do his coffee in mm-hmm. wasn't going to work on our inductor hob. Is that what it's called? It is, yeah, yeah. Indu- I've never 100% got that word set in my head. Uh, and we had a load of brilliant chat about it. I went and bought him a special inductor hob coffee pot. And do you know what? My parents are here right now. Oh, this is the visit. This is the visit. They're here as we speak. We tried it this morning and it was fantastic. Oh, he's happy. He's absolutely happy. He got uh, six cups of coffee out of it. Uh, he says now he can't even go into normal coffee shops because it's not as good as the stuff he makes. I love a hob chat happy ending. <laughs> we have the the remedies in everyday life that uh, the likes of you and myself had in our childhood when we were growing up. I'm, I'm referring specifically maybe to our mothers, our grandmothers, who had their remedies that they swore by for anything that you had wrong with you. Do you know what? I've not seen anyone rub a dock leaf 
on anything in donkey shears. <laughs> That's a very good point. Remember dog leaf, rubber dog leaf on it. It actually did actually work. Um, one of the ones that uh, always went about was a glass of hot whiskey and honey. Lush. Um, a Brit who lives in Wuhan, uh, you'll be aware that this is uh, obviously the epicentre of where the coronavirus has uh, has come out of, uh, claims to have beaten the coronavirus with hot whiskey and honey. So he's had a hot toddy and he's beaten the coronavirus. That's what he claims. He says that uh, uh, he felt ill about two months ago, okay. uh, went to the doctors. This was obviously before everything had really kicked off. Uh, they sent him home with a load of medication. He wasn't a, a believer in medication and decided he would treat himself with hot whiskey and honey. He wow. did that for two weeks, got over what he had. A month later, doctors contacted him and said... Um, Mr. Connor, you have coronavirus. And he went, no, no, not anymore. I'm over it. Yeah. And he's claimed to have treated himself with the hot whiskey and honey. I mean, it does have medicinal properties. I mean, I, maybe it does work. I mean, I've definitely, uh, I don't know about you, I've drunk off a cold before. You ever drunk your way through a cold? I've a hundred percent cured myself in a, in a uh, cider bar in uh, Torquay, having had a heavy cold. It was brilliant. If you've been listening since four o'clock, you may also want to go out and get yourself some Dyrolite. Get it? It's back. There's another gap in the market for the Dyrolite team. Congratulate yourselves and strangers. It's nearly the weekend. And you are no doubt on your journey home right now. And we wish you a good one. I think I want to put to you that one of the worst phrases you can hear as a commuter uh, is that uh, you've got a short train. Oh, ah, yes. It's, it's a modern one, this one, and it's so frustrating. If you, if you are on a regular service every day and, uh, I don't know, maybe you've got eight coaches on your train and you know it's eight coaches and you stand in a certain spot on a platform and then all of a sudden in rolls your train and it's half the length and you've got to degradingly shuffle down the platform to yeah. try and get onto the train because it's stopped short and then you get on and everyone's crowded in but you've still got about eight stops to go and it's only going to get worse. I think your crowded train is right up there with your bus replacement service as the phrase that you do not want to hear. It's awful, isn't it? And they, I think they think as well, but by the nature of the fact that the train's turning up, that's them fulfilling their duty. But <laughs> yeah. particularly now, they, they've, they've uh, uh, shot themselves in the foot by doing these things where they, they put a little spray paint on the floor at stations telling you uh, what carriage was next to where. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that if yeah. you want to try and sneak in a four-carriage, yeah? Imagine I turned up to uh, pick you up for a night out in my car and I've sawn in half. There's only half the car. That would be an, uh, an absolutely absurd situation. Or a Herbie movie. Yes. Uh, there's a story in the papers at the moment about this fella that I'm obsessed with. Have you ever heard of the Hound of Hounslow? The Hound of Hounslow? No, I have not. Uh, he's like a... He was like a reclusive fella living in Hounslow who, from his bedroom, because he's got good computer skills, uh, was the trigger for a multi-billion dollar US stock market crash. Wow. Uh, and from Hounslow? Just from Hounslow. And he just kind of played the market, just mucked about. He was just into computers. His name's Navinda Singh Saro. Uh, so he's, you know, huge. a big old trial going on in America about it with the FBI and all that kind of stuff. What they've done, either way, because he's like an, an innocent guy. He's got a few problems and stuff like that. He's, you know, it's not his fault. So they didn't want to, like, hammer him with a big prison sentence. He's been given a year's home confinement. And I've, I've heard about this before, where people have been put under house arrest oh, right. for a period of time. I don't know about you, I would love... Imagine being 
put in house arrest. Home confinement would be amazing. To the point where you'd have to get mates to go... Like, Because I never want to get up and go to the corner shop. You know when you've sat down, maybe you've changed trousers, which means I'm not going out again in the evening. Yeah. Last thing you want to do is have to go to the Tesco around the corner. Do and you get what? someone else to do it for you. If he's home confinement. He's got an FBI officer who'll have to go and do that for him now. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think home confinement is for me. I am one of these people where even if there is nothing planned for Saturday and Sunday, yeah. if it gets to, I don't know... <laughs> One o'clock, and I've not left the house. I'm going crazy. Really? See, I'm the yeah, director. Yeah. If I've not left the house sometimes, I think, ugh, brilliant, I've not been out all day. It's no. almost like it's badge of honour. So the corner shop for me is actually, that's a release, that's an escape. Wow. If I go to the corner shop, ten minute walk, uh, little Tesco Metro or something, whatever, and come back with a, a pack of crumpets, that is... That's me done. Then I'm fine. Then I'll be in for the rest See, of the day. See, for me, weekends is maybe two or three different things on the go at the same time. Stream a movie, download a game on the PlayStation, lounge around, get your tracky bottoms on. I think people are one of two different types. Uh, and maybe ask yourself this question while you're listening to the show. Are you home confinement or no home confinement? Tweet us now at Absolute Radio. We are a week into February, so the stats of dry January are now in. Um, It appears to get more and more of a thing every year. Uh, obviously, people. Uh, some people are raising money for charity as they do it. It's uh, obviously going to be uh, good for your health, so have no problem with it. But it's always very interesting to see how people go with any New Year's resolution. Uh, by January the 3rd, mm. 16% of people who were going to do dry January had caved in. Wow, that's... Uh, that's- Pretty quick turnover, isn't it? Like, yeah. In terms of falling apart. Yeah. 52% of people didn't consume any alcohol at all. All the way through January. All the way through January. Well done. Bravo. 35% consumed some alcohol but still tried to cut back. And 11% of people abandoned dry January entirely. Do you know the bit I want to know? Because you never find out immediately after dry January, that first day of February where people are allowed to get back on it again. Yeah. What do they do? Do you have like a big old party? <laughs> I don't know. Absolutely. Just, you know, remember the, um, the Hoff? Yep. In just jeans and cowboy boots remember, on the floor. remember that. Is that what it's like the day after dry January? <laughs> Biggest drop-off, 14th of January. 14 days in, two weeks in, that's when people cave. That's when they go. So, look, if you did it, well done. Uh, but if you, if you caved in, <laughs> only 52% of people managed the whole month anyway. 